Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment. When baby is starting to show that they're hungry, we want to be proactive and get a meal ready. If we can do that rather quickly, then babies tend to not overstuff because they're not so hungry. They can still have that great sensory and learning experience. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Baby-Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Katie Ferraro, and today I have a very special guest with me. Don Winkleman is joining us to talk about overstuffing. What do you do if your baby takes too big of bites? Well, Dawn is the perfect person to answer this very pressing question that a lot of you guys ask me about. Dawn specializes in pediatric swallowing and baby led weaning. She's a speech language pathologist. She's also the feeding expert for Easy Peasy, the company that makes the silicone suction mats and bowls, which many of you use. She also designed their open cup and their baby utensils. So she's got a lot of expertise about what's going on inside of your baby's mouth. If you guys are interested in learning more about Dawn's work, she's on Instagram at Miss Dawn SLP. Her website is also MissDawnSLP.com. And with no further ado, I want to bring Dawn on to talk to you guys about overstuffing and what do you do if your baby takes a big bite? Well, Dawn, thank you so much for being here today to talk about overstuffing and what do we do if our baby takes a big bite? Thank you so much, Katie. It's one of my favorite topics. And I have to be honest. I literally thought you made the term overstuffing up. Like when we started working together, I was like, oh, that's like a cute thing. And you're like, no, it's actually a thing. So could you tell us what does the term overstuffing mean? Yes. So overstuffing is when a baby places too much food in their mouth and it fills up their oral cavity. And why that can be dangerous is, of course, we as the feeders are panicked that baby's going to gag or choke on this food that is filling up baby's mouth and they're not aware or of, of how to deal with it. 
Okay, and you mentioned choking and fears because that's definitely one of the biggest barriers to doing baby led weaning is parents are scared of choking. And so they worry that when their baby bites off a piece of like a soft strip of food that they're going to choke because they don't know how to chew. So could you tell us how do babies learn how to chew at first, especially when they don't have teeth? Yeah, so babies don't need teeth in order to learn how to eat and they certainly don't need them to learn how to eat safely. So what we need to do to be able to help babies learn how to chew is that we need to model safe eating. And what modeling is, is when we actually demonstrate what we want baby to do with a particular food. So my three-strip food approach decreases overstuffing and actually encourages in chewing. So what that is, is I basically give three strips of food into the bowl or plate. The first strip is for the adult to model. So in my case, I'm having a strip of food from that bowl and I'm going to model chewing that food. The second strip is for baby to chew on while they're watching me as me modeling that. And then the third strip is for baby to chew without a model. And so what we're trying to do here is we're implementing this chewing approach that baby is learning how to be able to do this action because we're there in front of baby actually demonstrating safe eating and doing this chew. The first ways that babies are learning how to chew is what's called a munch chew. And so it's just their mouth and jaw going up and down to be able to mash the foods. So we want to over-exaggerate this munch chew. We want to go, mm, mm, and, and teach baby how to safely eat these foods. And if you are not eating the same food, then you're not actually modeling how to do that. So sometimes parents will show me, look, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you know, showing baby how to chew. And I'm like, yes, you are, but you're actually chewing on air. You actually have to eat that food a little bit to be able to give babies the extra information that they need from a visual standpoint to actually know how to demonstrate that and watch you do it. So make your chewing animated, make it fun. And then there's that third piece that's still in the bowl, right? So you're, you're using that first strip to, you know, model baby's got the second one, and then you're just going to kind of wait and see if baby will actually grab that third piece and then do this munch chew without a model. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if they don't do it right at the beginning, guys, it's totally okay, right? Your baby is learning how to eat. They have been watching you for a while, but they do need a little bit of practice. So Don, you mentioned the munch chew and I heard you doing your cookie monster noise. It's a totally different experience for me to do a podcast interview with you because we normally, when Don and I work together, we're doing video trainings and she gets really dramatic on what a munch chew looks like. Could you move us into then after the munch chew, explain, I guess, for the audio listeners, what's the next phase of learning how to chew after the munch chew? Right. The next phase is what's called a rotary chew. And so that's the way that you and I actually chew. So it's more of a, think of like a, a, a cow kind of chewing. It's going in this like rotary motion. And we don't really think about it because we are such expert eaters 
that we don't really recognize what's going on with our jaw and our tongue and our cheeks and our lips and our palate and what our mouth is doing during this time. But we're really going through a rotary pattern where our jaw is kind of moving in this direction. And if you're right-handed, your jaw might go more to the right. If you're left-handed, it might go more to the left. And it's actually making this rotation that is helping to use the teeth. But at first, babies are using a munch chew because they don't have any teeth. They're using their gum line to be able to force the foods that are already soft that we're offering that are nice and safe and to be able to mash those foods. And when they start to get teeth, then they start to move into that rotary chew pattern. All right. So you guys, I mentioned that Don and I do do a lot of video trainings together. And I know when we do our workshops together, we, t- we teach baby led weaning where Don's a speech language pathologist. She's focusing on how babies learn how to eat. I'm the dietitian. I focus on what they need to eat for growth and development. So when we teach together, we do big Q&A sessions after and someone will always ask, I get so freaked out when my baby stuffs a huge piece of food in my mouth. So Don, I was hoping next you could maybe talk a little bit about the answer that you always give, which is about what size and shape to cut the foods. But for those of you who may not have ever taken one of my trainings with Dawn, if you guys want to get signed up for the next time we do, we teach them just a few times a year. And when the next one comes up, we can email you and let you know. But we teach a whole hundred first foods approach to starting solid foods. And if you want to get on the email list in order to be notified the next time we are co-teaching, go to 100firstfoods.com. You can sign up and leave your email address there. We have so much fun doing all of these live workshops and answering all of your questions. So Don, can you answer that question we always get? Like, if my baby's overstuffing, you always tell them, all right, well, here's the shape and size of the food you should be offering for baby led weaning. What does that look like? Yes, I like to offer strips of food. And as compared to cutting food up into very small bites. And the rationale behind that is if your baby overstuffs and baby is feeling that in their mouth that there's too much food, if they're tiny pieces of food, baby can't get that out of their mouth. They don't have the oral motor skills to spit out really forcefully or find that tiny piece of food that's been cut up with their tongue. They don't have those oral motor skills yet. But if you have them cut up in either a spear or a strip form, then they can pull out that strip that they have held into their little chunky little fist and pull that out. And so it decreases that risk of choking because they can actually save themselves, if you will, and be able to pull that out. Also, if we do have to go in, which of course we shouldn't go into a baby's mouth, but if we do, it's really hard to find a tiny little piece of food as compared to a bigger strip that we can just grab out with our fingers without really destroying the feeding relationship with us trying to go in and because we're panicked and try to save baby. It's really important to offer those strips and spears that are a great size for babies to be able to learn how to do this themselves. And when you mentioned the strips, I know people are going to ask. So I generally say a good rule of thumb, you guys, for the size of the strips, an analogy, if you think about just like the size of your adult pingy finger, or if you think about the size of a French fry, that's generally about the right amount. But you want it to be long enough, a few inches, so that the baby can scoop it up even before they have their pincer grasp. So at six and seven months of age, we want them to be able to pick it up by themselves from the mat or the bowl and have a little bit sticking out of their fat little baby fist so that they can then control the intake. Because that's one of the overarching tenets of baby led weaning, right? That the baby is in control of feeding themselves. And the strip shape 
allows the baby to do that. So Dawn, you mentioned sometimes parents do freak out. And I think many of us have been guilty of that. What should we do if our baby bites off a big piece of food and I start to freak out? So the first thing that I tell families is don't lunge at baby. And I see this often because, you know, I do in-home feeding therapy and I'm constantly seeing parents want to, you know, jump across the table and, and save and rescue baby. But we don't want to lunge at baby or take a deep breath like, <gasps> because what happens is that baby is watching us. We are giving babies such great eye contact when we're feeding them. And there's this wonderful relationship of, of this attention. It's called joint attention. And we are both focused on one thing and that's the food and how baby is eating. And if we look nervous or scared, or we take that inhalation or we lunge forward, we can actually frighten baby. And even if it's just a moment where baby is just a little alerted or startled, what happens is that baby will actually take a breath in and if they have food in their mouth and they open up their airway to take that deep breath into like, oh no, what is mommy doing? Then that food will actually go down into their airway. So what we were actually afraid of, we can actually cause happening. Besides baby led weaning, what other type of podcasts do you like to listen to? Well, if you're into true crime and you also dig traveling, I want to tell you about a new podcast you are going to love. The new podcast is called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that all take place on vacation. So the show is hosted by a true crime fanatic and her comedy writer husband, and he has a TV producing partner. So Slaycation brings a totally unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, what the heck stories of vacations gone horribly wrong from the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, their two recently engaged lovebirds, whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended up underwater. Every episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that will intrigue you. I think you're going to love the discussion between the longtime married couple and the business partners. They also happen to be an Emmy-nominated TV producer's Every episode of Slaycation also includes humor and takeaway and travel tips that are going to keep your next family vacation from becoming your last. So if you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I always tell parents, just sit on your hands. I do a lot of work on Instagram and they'll say, I sat on my hands during this gag. You would have been so proud of me. And the point is to sit on your hands so you don't lunge at the baby or touch your baby, which could startle the baby and cause what's essentially a harmless gag to turn into a harmful choke. So that's a very good reminder, Dawn. We need to stay calm. Now, what could we do to prevent overstuffing or is that something we shouldn't even really worry about? No, we, we should. There's so many things that we can do to be able to decrease the risk of overstuffing. The first thing that I tell families to do is be proactive. Get some meals ready before your baby really starts showing those extreme signs of hunger. So if your baby starts showing you a few cues that they're hungry, let's start the ball rolling because Basically, overstuffing can start to occur and it can be habitual for babies who have been waiting to eat and are really tuned into their hunger cues. And so they'll grab all that food and just stuff it into their mouth. And so the first thing is that we can you know, be proactive and, and start. And don't wait till the baby gets really, really hungry. Right. Where they're out. screaming or crying or just, you know, you can tell that baby's getting fussier. So we want to be proactive. And then the second thing is that we want to offer a high chair with a footrest. 
Clinically, I find that babies have decreased overstuffing episodes when they're seated comfortably and safely in a high chair with a stable and adjustable footrest. If they feel comfortable and they feel stable and they feel safe, they don't rush. So a lot of babies who have their feet that are dingling will try to rush through the meal because they're uncomfortable. And so it can lead to overstuffing. Babies are trying to shove food into their mouth to be able to fulfill that hunger desire and do it rather quickly because they're, you know, uncomfortable in the high chair. So we want to offer a high chair that is easy for baby to have their feet and have that stability. And some parents will say to me like, well, I have a high chair with a footrest, but you know, my baby's feet don't meet that footrest yet. And I always say that, you know, you can either get a different high chair that has an adjustable footrest, or you can kind of add some boxes or use some duct tape or manipulate the high chair that you have now to be able to give baby that really great foot support that they're needing in order to feel a little bit more comfortable and calm in the high chair and help with decreasing overstuffing. And one thing I like to mention when we're talking about overstuffing is because this topic makes some other parents sad because they're like, oh... My baby's not even interested in food. We just started. I wish my baby was so excited and anxious or not anxious. That has a negative connotation, but was so eager about eating that they would overstuff. So I do want to just point out that overstuffing is not something that affects all babies. Some babies at the very beginning, they're not going to be interested in putting very much, if any, food in their mouth for the first few days or even weeks of baby led weaning. And you guys, if that's you, that's very typical as well. But there are some babies who take to it pretty quickly and get really excited about eating and then experience this overstuffing. So that's who Dawn is speaking to. And it doesn't apply to everyone, but I think there's a lot of helpful tips in all of the things that you said today, Dawn, that can help us to make sure that we're offering foods in a safe environment and prepared safely to help prevent choking and to help our babies learn to be independent eaters. So where can the listeners go to learn more about your work and some of the other topics that you were mentioning today? Yes, you can go to my website at MissDawnSLP.com. That's M-S-D-A-W-N-S-L-P.com. And Dawn's also on Instagram at MissDawnSLP with tons of great feeding tips. We do teach live workshops together a few times a year. Again, if you want to get signed up to learn more about our 100 First Foods approach to starting solid safely with baby led weaning, go to 100 firstfoods.com. You can leave your email address and then we'll notify you the next time that we're teaching a series of live workshops. Dawn, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode on overstuffing. I know it's a very specific kind of random podcast episode topic, but I seriously get so many questions about overstuffing. And I love having Dawn on as an expert to explain exactly what we do to prevent overstuffing and then what we can do if the baby is overstuffing. And then I think most importantly, she gave us a good reminder on the number of different things that you don't want to do. So don't forget, if you want to learn more about Dawn's work, she's on Instagram at Miss Dawn SLP. Her website is MissDawnSLP.com. And as I mentioned in the episode, Dawn and I co-teach a series of live workshops a few times a year. We actually co-teach a program called the 100 First Foods Field Guide. And if you want to get signed up to get alerts for the next time that program is open and we're teaching live webinars, we would love to have you join that email interest list to get informed 
and get your name on that list, go to 100firstfoods.com. You can sign up and then you'll know the next time Don and I are working together if you have more questions about baby led weaning and giving your baby a safe start to solid foods. Again, that URL is 100firstfoods.com. Thanks for listening to this episode about overstuffing. friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.